How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay, great. Apologies. I'm ready. Excuse moi Okay, it's a bit of French there for you, Maureen, because you were speaking French earlier. <laughs> we, can, we can all speak. Jawohl. Oh, German now. Fine. Okay. <laughs> She's jumping around. Don't don't try and nail this girl. Stick a bit of Ruski in there. Let's see. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, you did ask. I know. I wish I hadn't, though. Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Okay, we have two new patrons, ladies, so we want to give a little shout out. I'll let I'll let you girls do it. So to our new patrons, Scott and Jody, and we'd like to say a big thank you to both of you for joining the WTB family. That's what we like to say, isn't it? It is a almost a, a fam. Is it? Why are you? Yeah, we no. are. We're a family. Okay, dysfunctional great. one, but yeah, it's a family. Yeah, I mean, dysfunctional, obviously. Well, that, I think that goes without saying. People have, if, if you've got this far into the episodes, you think they understand the dynamic between us. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, many thanks. And we are delighted that you are with us. And just a quick reminder that we have now started our new material night monthly. And our next date will be April 5th at 8 p.m. Uh, you can get all the link information on our WTB Facebook page um, where we'll have the We Got Tickets link. We don't know who's on yet. We sort of have an idea, but we're excited about all the guests we get on in the future. And now, ladies, it's time to start episode 27! <laughs> Jen is ecstatic this week. Oh, let's get into the week. Yeah, why are you in such a good mood, Jen? What has happened this week? What has happened this week? I tell you what's happened, my children are at school. Woo! Have you noticed a difference then? <laughs> 
I don't know if you're picking up any sort of vague positivity, <laughs> upbeatness. My children are back at school. They went back on Monday. And of course, I am very, very happy that they are back. Delighted, in fact. Although Koei and I, every day this week, have said to each other, I think literally we've just dropped them off and now we've got to pick them up. How is it? It feels like... I was talking to a mate of mine. She, she said, it feels like I go in, I drop my kids off, I get home, I take my shoes off, and then I immediately put my shoes back on and go pick them up. I was like, I know. It doesn't feel like there's any time. But nonetheless, the time that we do have, I'm very grateful for. And they are so happy to be back at school. They didn't think they wanted to go back. And then they had the time of their lives this week. They've really enjoyed it. So it's just seeing their friends. And I think school's taken it really easy with them. So they haven't had like to do a great deal of schoolwork. I want to ask them what they're doing. Like, we're doing lots of playing. I was like, okay, fine. Just ease them in. I'm sure once the work starts, they'll be like, I hate school. But at the moment, they're loving it, which is great. So all is well. Do they miss your teaching? Absolutely not. I think everyone <laughs> in the house is relieved to, to, to not hear me talking. Uh <laughs> As am I, actually. I was going to say, um, does that include you? <laughs> yeah. I can't. I just, if I have to go into sort of, you know, like, but just basic problems in maths, which a couple of times I had to ask Chloe, I was like, I don't understand this, do you? I mean, it's year, it's year one. I mean, that's worrying, isn't it? But all is well. We've had a bit of anxiety at the beginning because we've there's been a little bit of um, midnight uh, sleep weighing. So one of them gets up and he doesn't know that he's weighing and he gets up and he just wheezes by his bed. And so I've had to go to uh, B&Q to uh, get some spray, like enzyme spray to neutralise the smell. And I, I went in there the other day and I said uh, to the chap, I said, listen, I, I, I bought this stuff from you guys before, but I can't find it. It's, it's, it's basically just wee spray. He went, weed spray? He said, yeah, you go to the garden centre. I said, <laughs> no, 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 you're misunderstanding me. My kids are, are weeing and so I need spray that just neutralises the wee. And he went, wee spray? And I went, no, not wee spray. I said, spray that neutralises the wee. And he said, I, he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, for urine. I said really loudly, for urine, urine, spray for urine. And then about three people walked past as I went, urine, really loudly. And um, that felt great. So that felt really positive. <laughs> Just me shouting urine at some poor 18-year-old. <laughs> he said, oh, sorry, I thought you were saying weed spray. I was like, no, weed spray. I mean, to be fair, it isn't weed spray. That's That weed spray doesn't exist, fortunately, unless you go to some sex shops, I imagine there's weed spray there. So that, that's been my week. Alison, what about you? What I have done is also what you have done this past week, Jen, and I were both in a uh, an online play read. Uh, we did it through Zoom. Yeah, it was with the Comedians Theatre Company. Phil Nickel and Maggie Inchley um, started it together. Maggie's the director and, and Phil as the producer and sometime actor. And they also run an Itch and Scratch as well, which is encouraging comedians to write stuff and then they put it on which is, I think, where this occurred. So it's a, it was a play written by Steve Gribben and Paul Ricketts called Name of the Game, and it is the story of Lizzie McGee, who invented the Landlord's Game, which got ripped off, stolen, reproduced, and became Monopoly. So it is a tale of uh, yet another woman being used <laughs> for her abilities and, yeah, screwed over. Um, and it was really, it, it, A, I love the 
play. I love the story. I didn't know it. It was great. And it was a real fun process. I'm sure you agree, Jen, of doing it online. So we like, you know, you would click on. So it was only the actors that were in the scene that were on the screen. Um, and so it was just a just a rough rehearsed read. Jen did a North American accent. Let's talk accents. So Jen did a great North American accent. Oh, you've been kind. I nailed an Australian accent. Like, where's Allison? On on the other side of the world is where Allison was. <laughs> um, I, I tell you, Allison texted me and said, Jen, can you just read this line out? Because there was one line that Allison had to read with an Australian accent. She said, can you just read this one line out in Australian accent? I said, yeah, sure. So I recorded it, I sent it to her, and it's like something like, oh, yeah, get down, get up. Well, I can't remember, but it was something like that. And then Alison went, great, great. So I'll just practice that line. And then she sent it back to me. I practiced all day. I practiced 24 hours. My boyfriend was like, please stop. The Australian accent is not one of my favorites. And all day. He's like, are, are you doing Jamaican now? Is that German? What? I was like, well, you st-. He's like, I swear to God, there was Scouse in that one. I was like, stop, stop. Yeah, yeah. Can you please, can you please do it? Oh, I knew. Oh, go on. Go on, Alison. (sighs) Oh, I haven't listened to you. Okay. Boys, I'm not much of a golfer, (laughs) but I'm sure I can handle a mixed foursome. Do you know what? That sounded exactly like Dick Van Dyke. That was brilliant. That was Dick (laughs) Van Dyke, Mary Poppins. Golfer, golfer. That's the only one. Boys, I'm not a good, I'm not a good golfer. Yeah, I would like to apologise to every single one of you. But why were you doing Australian? Jen was doing North American. Wouldn't it make more sense for you to do North American? They were all North American. There was no one not doing a North American accent. But I was doing a North American accent where you couldn't quite figure out if she was from Boston, if she was from... Lancashire. (laughs) North Carolina. (laughs) She was from Leeds. Um, uh, Yeah, uh, my accent was all over the place. But because it was mainly... It was mainly Canadians and Brits doing it. Yeah. Everyone was very kind and said, oh, Jen, that's that's fine. And I think fine meant, listen, we haven't got, we can't get into how shit this is right now. <laughs> well, I offered to really sit down and work it through with Jen because with my accent abilities, <laughs> I really thought I'd be able to, you know. I thought that. that was a genuine, like when you said that, I genuinely thought you were offering. I was like, oh, yeah, Alison, please. I'd love because I'm missing some of the hours. And you were like, what? I, did you not just hear me do an Australian? I was like, yeah. <laughs> Legitimately can do a North American accent because you're Canadian. My week was less cultural. I uh, discovered I like a certain kind of wine. I don't drink wine normally. And also I combined wine drinking with rowing, which I thought was quite original. (laughs) A row machine. Yeah, Maureen. She didn't go out on the lakes, everyone, if you're worried about Maureen. Maureen got given a row machine and... um... Have you used it a lot, Maureen? This is what I'm interested in. I used it once and I used up 20 calories and I thought that was enough. And then had a takeaway afterwards to kind of counterbalance. Was that your one Instagram video? That's the one time you used yeah, it. it. Look, was. everyone, I have a rowing machine. <laughs> Done with that shit. I made the mistake of showing the big glass of wine and the bottle in front of the rowing machine, which kind of, you know. But no one thinks you drink wine, Maureen. No, you don't drink wine. So no Generally one would have, I don't drink wine. You, no, I've never seen you drink wine in the don't like el- wine. 11 or years that I've known you. So I would no. have assumed that that wasn't your wine. But it was. It's an Alsatian wine called something like Gewurztraimer or something. Yeah, Gewurz, Gewurz, Gewurztraimer or something. Yeah. Gewurztraimer, yeah. Very nice wine. I mean, it's pronounced in English, they pronounce it Gewurztraimer. But obviously okay, that's well, not right. 
you, you're pronouncing it German way. That's correct. Well, I don't know. I just pronounced how I read it, but I wasn't dressed. Let's say I wasn't particularly dressed well for the. For you the were week. in a dress. No, I was in a skirt and jumper. To be fair. Okay. Yeah, it didn't look like you were in your gym gear, Maureen. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> That's because I don't have any junior. No, no. But I, I like that you gave it a whirl and you did about six strokes and you were knackered, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. You know what? If I did that regularly, it'd be a really good exercise. It would be more. In, it would be weird, that, isn't it? If you did exercise, it would be good for you. <laughs> Hello, Maureen. Earth calling Maureen. Well, Sorry? What? I'm sort of... <laughs> I love very much that you found rowing and wine at the same time. That's what I appreciate is that you've combined all of it all in one. Yeah, I'll exercise, but. What is it about the wine that you liked? Is it, I'm, I can only assume it's very sweet. Is it a sweet wine? Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's not that sweet. I don't know. There's just something about it. It was very cold as well, which helped. Because most wine tastes like cough medicine, doesn't it? That's why no. I don't like it. No, it doesn't. Absolutely. It depends. If you go for sweeter German wines, they're lovely. They're like candy. Okay, so yeah. neither of you like wine, so stop talking. Okay? <laughs> you don't understand wine. You don't appreciate wine. <laughs> yeah, if you go for the German wines, they're sweet. There's not a single person that likes wine that goes, you know what I need from a wine is sweetness. That's, I mean, that's a des- that's a dessert wine. That's where it's going wrong. Oh, I love a dessert wine. I do love a dessert wine. Well, then drink dessert wine. Blue Nun, that's a dessert wine, hey? Okay, listen, I, I can't talk to either of you right now. Alison, <laughs> I think you're winding me up, okay? <laughs> and by the way, it's working. And Maureen, you can stop <laughs> with your face as well, okay? <laughs> I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> All right, so that's our week in view, everyone. Yes, that's our, uh, that's... That's our wine review. We should, me and Alison should start wine reviewing, I think. That should be another section to the show. I will throw my laptop out the window the day that you start that, okay? Hmm. This one tastes less like feet, so I think <laughs> I like this one. Look, I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet, <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. Makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> okay, well, what I'm excited about is uh, we've, we've heard of rowing and wine. Did that lead to a Be More Maureen moment or do we have a different one? Okay, so we're talking about plays and accents. I was asked to do a reading of a play in Germany, in Berlin, and they said, can you do a South Dublin accent? I'm an actor, so obviously I lied and said, yes, I can. And I thought, who? I don't know what South Dublin accent is. Who who cares? It's Berlin. Well, Germans are gonna Germans won't, won't be able to tell. And so I did the accent, and I have to say, it would probably be a hate crime now um, because it was so bad. <laughs> Absolutely made your Australian accent sound perfect, Alison. <laughs> it's like, oh, Jason Bagora, you know, the type of thing that Irish people never say. And um, I was like, well, it's Germans. Who cares? And then I found out after the show that it had been sponsored by the Irish Embassy, and they were. <laughs> And there was quite a few Irish in the audience who I suspect realised I couldn't do a South Dublin accent. Do you think, Maureen? <laughs> do you think? Yeah. <laughs> did you get any feedback? Yes, I did chat to an Irish guy afterwards and he was very, very diplomatic. I mean, they're from the embassy. What are they going to do? I mean, they probably heard worse. Yeah. So that was my error. Oh, that's a classic. That's a very good one. That's a very good one. I love that you take stuff on that you clearly can't do, Maureen. And that's that's the great thing about you. But all actors do that. You know, if they say you can, can you fence? You go, yeah. Can you ride a horse? Of course. You know, you, you, all <laughs> actors lie about their abilities. Sorry. Yeah, but the accent's quite a big thing because that's with the talk, 
shocking, isn't it? That's at the very beginning. I, I would have thought at the audition they would have gone, this accent is off. There was no audition. <laughs> you know what? I was in Band of Brothers and as a German woman, I have an Austrian accent, but they couldn't tell. I mean, and the thing is, they checked my German. They were going to test your German. I was like, okay. And I went, who can speak German here? And they went, oh, we could, none of us can. And I was like, well, how do you know I'm going to speak fluent German? And they went, oh, we can just tell. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's... Well, that's you know. great, isn't it? That's a very British... American kind of an attitude to languages, isn't it? It's It kind of sounds foreign enough. <laughs> As an English speaker, I think it sounds German. That's great. Well, next time, Maureen, before you have to do accents, just give me a call and we'll work on it <laughs> together because I'll get us both a bottle of Blue Nun and we I'm will... going to get a bottle of Leaf from you and I'm going to shove it where the sun doesn't shine, okay? Oh, dear. Thank you very much, Maureen. Another classic, Be More Maureen. But now it's time to go over to the woman herself, the A-team. Yes, it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice, I ain't using it. So our problem this week, and this is a serious one, and I think right now is probably a big time for this one. One of our uh, lovely listeners has written in and uh, said that they are having <laughs> extreme issues with nightmare neighbors doing renovations that is getting to the point where it is pretty much while destroying their life. And of course, right now, because everyone was doing renovations being at home, and this is a big thing. So we looked into this one. And I have to say, this one was hard for me, because normally when I give advice, I like to give emotional things that you can do, things within yourself. But this is all just like law and what you can do. So I literally just tried to become a lawyer last night. And um, it's hard. It's hard being a lawyer. My Props to lawyers. So there are two main things that I learned about. If your neighbor is doing house renovations, there are two things that you should know about. The first one is called the party wall, which means if your neighbor has like adjoining property, uh, so you share a wall or there's some, your neighbor legally is supposed to approach you within about a month before the works telling you exactly what's going to go on you then have 14 days to say yes i agree to this or no i don't agree to this so this is called the party wall and all solicitors and everything this is this is a very legal thing so the party wall and again the person doing the work so if you're in a rented place it is the landlord that is supposed to do it if you're in a shared home ownership or if you own your property so they are supposed to approach you if you don't reply to them or if they don't give you the party wall notification <clears throat> then they've done something wrong so they're in the wrong your next move okay so then the steps after this is obviously try to talk to your neighbor okay i'm sure you have you haven't if you feel that it's hard to talk to them you can write them a letter and there's actually some templates that legally give you document wording and you can get that on the uh, gov.uk uh, literally if you just go uh, template for letter party wall 
there will be something that comes up. So you could give that to your neighbor. So you are supposed to legally say yes or no. That, because they have to ask you, can the, the construction people, do, can they have rights to entrance? Can they use some of your property? You have to discuss all these things in advance. And you have 14 days to reply to that. So that, number one, is a legal thing. If they haven't done that, they should have done that. So you talk to your neighbor. Try to talk to your neighbor to reach an agreement or write the letter. If this doesn't go well, your next step is to get help from a mediator service, okay? Again, you can find a mediation service at the gov.uk website. Yes, some mediators may cost money. However, depending on how this whole thing turns out, it might be up to the person doing the works to pay for it. Um, But there are some mediation services, I think, that are free. I just didn't have the chance to research all of that, but you would look for a mediation service. After that, your next step would be contact your local authority. Now, it is very important that you contact your council and tell them what is going on. And they should send out an environmental health officer. The environmental health officer comes to look at what's going on because then they assess if there is a nuisance statutory clause being broken, which means that it's disrupting you, it's noise. A lot of people are working from home. So right now, particularly, is it affecting your work? right? Which might be a big thing because people are working from home. So it is up to the councils to send out an environmental health officer. They will look over things and tell you some steps. Also get in touch with your local counselor or MSP to let them know what's going on. But when you contact these people, it is very important that you have documents and evidence of what is going on. So you need to be keeping records, dates, times, noises. Can you make a video of the noise? Can you show the damage that has been done to your property? The more evidence you have, the better it will be. The final step that I want to say to people is what you should do is in your area, Google lawyers dealing with this sort of thing, particularly say party wall, noise nuisance statutory. All these lawyers have to give you 30 minutes of free legal advice. So what I would do is just contact as many as you can and chat with many, many to get that free 30 minutes to see what their next steps, what they would recommend. That is as far as I can recommend with steps. Environmental health officer is your first step, then MPs, uh, but it's really important that you keep as much information as possible. That's really good advice, Alison. I look, I know that, um, I mean, we're talking specifically if you live in the, in the UK, obviously if you're living yeah. somewhere else, there'll be different rules, but there are, you know, always if you have like the equivalent of a citizen's advice, that's also a good place to go. Wherever you are in the world, you'll have the equivalent somewhere where they can advise you on what you should do. It's so awful when your home is invaded like that. And that because that's where we spend so much time at home at the moment. And this is our safe space, isn't it? And to have that uh, compromised or, uh, you know, undermined really can impact on your mental health. And uh, so that's all really great advice about what to do and also how to make sure that Ultimately, if whoever's doing it isn't following the rules, that they get their legs chopped off or, you know, a baseball batter to the face. I, something, I, that, I, this is what I assume council councillors are doing. 
Because that's what I would do. There are a lot of people who, after the works is done, because sometimes this whole process can take a long time, so it can go on even after the works is done. But there are a lot of uh, judges now and lawyers that are like, no, like you need to follow through and you are still owed you know, so so it might be frustrating and feel like a never-ending battle, but um, I think the more people that really go through these steps and follow it right now, the, the easier it gets for everyone else going through this. And please know that we understand that it is emotionally and mentally very stressful, and a lot of people actually afterwards have had to have counseling because it's very stressful. So on an emotional, because I always like to be this person, I mean, get a book, talk to somebody, but you emotionally it can you're not being ridiculous if you're like this is destroying my insides there are so many people whose lives have been really torn up so do look into some emotional or spiritual or yeah that sort of stuff thank you Alison brilliant advice as always if this applies to you we hope that's helped if you have a problem and no one else can help, do contact the A-team. Um, you can contact us at uh, womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com. Ask Alison in the subject. You can send us an email about anything if you want to. I mean, God knows why you'd want to, but if you do, we'd love to read it. But if you want to contact Alison with a, an issue or a problem or a thought or a feeling that you'd like her to deal with, please do contact us via the Gmail. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. What 
is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. Women Talking Bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? (laughs) Now we're going to talk about TV. What have we been watching to escape these negative things? What are we into? I have to admit, I did watch the Harry and Meghan interview. Oh, 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 Maury. We didn't have this on the list, but we should address it. This was not on the listening list, but let's, let's dig in. Come on, yummy. Do you know what? They came across, in my opinion, really well. Really well. Well, it's North American. They presented themselves North American style. And I think that's why the British public is like, what is? Yeah. I think it's split. The British public is split. But they came across really well. She came across very general. I think people didn't like her before. They're going to find fault. But you kind of listened to them and you were like, you know what? I, I, I didn't realize it was going to be two hours. I was like, bloody hell. I was doing my knitting, so I was fine. Oh, Oprah can bang on. Oprah can talk. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was interesting. And the, Oprah's face when they they mentioned the fact that somebody asked how dark the child might I be. I know. Uffed. And you could see Oprah was just like, her face was a picture because she was like, what? You know, that somebody would ask that question. Look, the surprising thing for me is that we are surprised that there is systemic racism in this country. I am constantly surprised that people are surprised that at the top of the system, I don't know how we can be surprised about that. What is the Commonwealth? (laughs) For fuck's sake, if it wasn't just based on imperialism. Absolutely. This country going over to other countries, taking their wealth, implementing a sovereign that nobody wanted, and then fucking off again. So the whole system... Listen, I can't even get into this. This makes me so mad. The fact that Megan, I, I, I don't know this woman. I, I don't have strong opinions about her either way. But ultimately, there is a paedophile in the royal family that nobody is, <laughs> that nobody is talking about. And we're just having a go at Megan because she has an avocado and she's not white. I mean, but you know, what I, what I admired about Megan was how articulate she she is. And I'd love to be that articulate because I, I misspeak all the time. I sometimes hear this when I listen back to WTB and I go, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Because I, I, I think too quickly and I, and I speak it as quickly as I, I think. I often do say things I don't mean to say, where she was very, very articulate. And I, I thought they came out well out of it all. But also she pointed out that there was this thing about trying to set her up against Kate. Yeah, and they do that with women. You know, you have one woman sing and then she's like the rival. You know what I mean? They, they do that all the time. Are you kidding? That's been the history of life. We Women, we are. This is why we've had a problem developing sisterhood, because we're, you know, it's like... It's like Highlander, there can only be one, whether it's comedy or doctors or lawyers. It's like, well, if that woman gets it, then there's my spot gone. That is what we've been taught. That's what the patriarchy is. And that's how they keep us under the, you know, under the thumb is because we, if we, listen, if we stop listening to them and we just all banded together, we, we could take over the world. Anyway, look. And do you know what? This is good timing because uh, next Monday at eight o'clock, us three ladies are going to be watching Amelia the Play, which is all about the women's voice and being silent. Next Monday is the 15th, I think. Uh, we're going to be watching Amelia the Play. Brilliant. Yes, we are. Online at ameliolive.com. And uh, you can join us and we'll be tweeting about it as well. Fantastic. Thank you, Maureen. Well, I will probably take this conversation with you offline because I want to know more about that interview. I won't be watching it myself. I'm too busy. But, well, let me tell you what I've been watching. I watched an absolutely fantastic series and it's on HBO. You can get it on Now Television uh, and it stars... Mark Ruffalo. It's called I Know This Much Is True and it's based on a novel by Wally Lamb, which I have read. I did. I read it. God, must be nearly 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. So I'd completely 
forgotten most of the story, although as it went on, I, I started to remember bits and bobs about it. But it is such a fantastic series. I know that Mark Ruffalo was nominated for a Golden Globe. I don't think he won the Globe, but he is brilliant in it. He plays twin brothers, one of whom has quite severe mental health problems, paranoid schizophrenia is what his diagnosis is. Not only are they completely different in terms of their personalities, but also in terms of their weight. So he must have gone and put on a lot of weight at some point and then had to lose it or the other way around. And it's just, it's a story, well, it's a story about family, but it's a story about secrets and lies and grief and atonement and uh, relationships. And I can highly recommend it. I thought it was fan fantastic it is quite emotionally draining so if that is if you're feeling quite vulnerable at the moment don't watch this series because at some at one point at the end of one episode chloe went i think we need a break from that now <laughs> we're both quite shell-shocked um but in terms of drama and in terms of the direction i thought it was outstanding Alison, give us the horror. Well, the horror, because Nightmare Neighbors, I was thinking about that, and I kind of want to, so I'm going to jump back. 1991, a wonderful film called The People Under the Stairs. Don't know that. Oh, my God, it was a Wes Craven movie, and it's about a young boy. Um, his name is Fool. I don't know why. F-O-O-L. And basically, his rich landlords are making it um, impossible. Like, they're basically ripping off his family. So he decides he's going to break into the landlord's house to find out, I don't know, what, what's going on. or to, I don't know. He's a young kid, so in his mind, he's like, I'll break into the landlord's house. And he breaks into the landlord's house, and that's when we find a incestuous brother and sister couple that have been kidnapping young boys because they want to find a son and when the sons don't live up to their expectations they basically do things to them and put them under the stairs so they have a whole crop of young boys living under the stairs look for its time 1991 it was one of those horror thrillers that there had been nothing like it. It stands the test of times. I was reading reviews still to this day, and people are like, wow, this is, this was, I mean, it was just really different. There's some really weird moments in it. So if you like kind of like an eerie, creepy, I don't know, it, it, it was really good. Um, and the soundtrack is also great. The soundtrack is also great. You're such a horror nerd. I am. I really enjoyed it. 1991. You can get it on Prime Video. Amazon Prime Video can rent it. You can also rent it on YouTube. It's down as a horror comedy. Yes. Is there? Co I always find when they say horror comedy, yes, there's, there's yes. no comedy. It's just horror. There is comedy. There is some... I mean, it's a horror. Yes, definitely. And there's some like, weird, creepy things. But there, it, it is... There is... Because there's such a fine line between horror and comedy. Although people don't really think that. But, but there is. And and yeah, this one, yeah, there's some moments in it that are funny. <laughs> funny. Okay. The whole premise of that movie sounds like it would give me nightmares, frankly. Just a load of young boys underneath some stairs being done stuff to. But anyway, that's what horror is. Uh, thank you very much, Alison. I personally will not be watching that. <laughs> but you know what? Do you know what? I've spoken to a lot of people who are really into horror and really appreciate these because they're like, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah well, I haven't seen that. I'll check it out, you know. So, listen, far be it from Maureen and I to comment. Thank you very much. Now, of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. It's Maureen Younger's <laughs> Corner. <laughs> and now it's going to be Maureen's cultural uh -huh. corner. 
haven't started it. Well, Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. This week we're talking about some classic novels, some classic novels, because I know we're coming out of lockdown, which means that we'll probably be back in lockdown pretty soon. So here's some <laughs> some reading literature for you. <laughs> Maureen, I can't believe you said oh, that. I'm sorry to upset you, but we all know that's bound to happen under our beloved leader, BJ. Right, so um, first of all, uh, going to do Charles Dickens, um, who is a fantastic writer. Every time I read read his work, you just I'm struck by how great a writer he is. Obviously, some of his female characters leave a lot to be desired, but we'll kind of skip over that. If you haven't read any Dickens, I would suggest Great Expectations. The great thing about Dickens, he writes great characters. So even if you've not read any Dickens, if I said to you, describe Fagin or Oliver Twist or Scrooge, people would know what to do. He, he He's so great. He does it so efficiently and so effectively, create these great characters. And uh, he, he writes with a lot of wit, a lot of... Uh, insight into the human condition and he also viscerates the society that he lives in and great expectations is a great story it has a relatable hero the guy's a bit of a prat i can really relate to that <laughs> you know there's there's unrequited love you've got miss havisham in there and estelle and uh also there's a great character called joe gargory who's probably the loveliest character ever created in english literature so totally recommend great expectations and there's a scene where he describes a really bad theater production of hamlet I mean, I've been in them, let alone watch them. You think he, that's definitely from real life. So uh, I would definitely recommend that. Now, my second book, it's not a favourite of Jen's, is Mill on the Floss by George Eliot. I need to couch this comment that I made when we talked about this earlier. I, I read this a long time ago. And one, I think I was too young. And two, I found, you know, this, I often used to find books where women are going through really shit stuff. I just find it so frustrating mm. and angry. And I spoke to my mum about it. I said, oh, um, what did you think of, because it was my mum's book that I borrowed and she was like, she loves it. She says it's, it's one of her favourite classic novels. So I'm going to say that and say I'm wrong. Okay, carry on. <laughs> okay, so George Eliot was obviously a pseudonym for Mary Ann Evans. She wrote under a man's name because it made it easy to get published. Um, and what I love about it, the heroine is called Maggie, who's this very intelligent, spunky, lively young girl. And she's castigated for that. All these qualities, if her brother Tom was, he'd, he'd be admired for. And you read that as a young girl and you're like, I can so relate to this. You know, the brother is given the education, even though Maggie's much more intelligent. Um, and she's always compared to her cousin, who's this very blonde, petite, very nice, but very passive young lady, which is kind of what Maggie is supposed to be, in inverted commas. And, um, and then... Maggie falls in love with Lucy's beau. And what's interesting from a modern perspective is Maggie and the beau, they try and do what's right for somebody else. You know, they try and fight their feelings because they know it's wrong. Whereas in a modern novel, it'd be all about me, isn't it? Built by, you know, it's really important that I find my own happiness. And so that's quite interesting. And I think, you know, it's, it, she's also very critical of the times that she lives in and the way that women are treated. And I think any woman can relate to the fact that, you know, uh, you're pilloried as a woman if you don't, you don't stick into the confines that society says you should stick into, you know, and and the difficulties that creates for you because she's always finding fault at herself because she's not what society is it says she should be. So I really love that novel. I'm with your mum, but as your mum says, I've got good taste. So me and your mum are yeah. I mean, you two like peas in a bloody pod. <laughs> and the third novel I, I which I mentioned, Jen also isn't a big fan of, is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Well, again. I read it when I was like 16. I might need to reread these books. I need to reread these books. And what's amazing, again, it was originally printed uh, anonymous, 
because you know she had to hide the fact she was a woman and she wrote it when she was 18 and you read this book and you're like how were you 18 when you wrote this it was a fluke she was on holiday in Switzerland with Shelley who was her her partner and Byron and they were bored the brother was shit and they went oh let Byron suggested they all write a story and this is the story she wrote so you've got to forget the Hollywood idea of you know the guy with the, the bolts in his neck um, it's an intriguing read as well as a morality tale and it's still as relevant today as it was back then and it deals with loads of loads of ideas uh, but it doesn't that they don't block the story it deals with grief the dangers of man playing God how we create our own monsters of course in the book it's a real monster in a, for most of us, it's our own bugbears in our head. How we treat the other and uh, the consequences of treating people harsh, the other harshly and the nature of evil. And so what happens is Victor Frankenstein creates a being who turns into a monster. That's the point. But he he's not a monster at the beginning. He turns into a monster who uh, eventually sets out to destroy Frankenstein. And it's, it, I suppose it's a metaphor for the dangers are inherent in the single-minded pursuit of science and knowledge for its own sake, without scant regard for any of the moral consequences that might arise from those actions. And that's really relevant today. Yes, like recoding genetics. Yeah, it's very, it's very relevant. Thank you very much, Maureen. Another brilliant cultural corner. And I will, do you know what? I've got Mill on the Floss actually somewhere. I shall reread it because I think it, I'd actually probably really enjoy it this time round. Uh, who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> so we're nearing the end of the podcast. The we've, We're three quarters of the way through. It's a sad time, isn't it? Well, because your section's up next. It's, yeah, this is the bit where I'm like, oh, why do we have to end on this downer? No. <laughs> As always. Hey, oh, yeah, we'll get Jen to moan again at the end. Well, I've really enjoyed the podcast. Oh, there she fucking goes. All right. Now, you provide a much needed service. You are the voice of some people who can't let out the things that are bothering them. So, Jen, what you're doing is a very important service. So, what I want to know is, Jen, what the hell is getting your goat this week? What's been going on? Okay, let me tell you. So, I am the cook in our house. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Chloe would, at some point, if she was here, she'd be like, I cook sometimes. And I'd be like, well, yeah, once a month does not count. Okay. And... In a way, I'm quite sometimes grateful for it because it means I can sometimes swerve bedtime, which it goes on and 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 on. But uh, the ba the flip side of that is I have to cook two meals. I have to cook a meal for my children and then I have to cook a meal for Chloe and I. And Chloe's constantly saying things like, why don't you just cook a meal for all of us? I'm like, if you can find something that our children will eat, that we want to eat, then yes, I will cook it. But if you think I can find that meal seven days a week, you are mistaken. Also, Chloe's got this thing in her head where she's like, why can't we just eat as a family? I'm like, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to enjoy my meal with a glass of wine. Yes, please. In silence. And sometimes, I mean, not so much now because they are at school, but that was the only time I could eat and just hear myself sometimes just chewing. That was nice. <laughs> I enjoyed that. A little mastication for the ears. Yeah. A little mastication in the ears. Why not? Uh, just watching dust settle. That was my special time. Okay. The, but the cooking of the two meals, it's its hard to think about what am I going to cook the children that's healthy and, you know, that they won't be bored of that they will eat. And then I've got to cook something interesting for Chloe and we're not eating meat. So I'm trying to think of inventive and creative foods where there's no 
fun in them. So it's it's hard. I'm, I'm joking to the vegetarians. I'm very happy to be eating vegetarian. So uh, yes, that's what's got my goat, and uh, uh, and and it's endless. And there's no end in sight for this. That that's it. So if anyone's got any recommends for food, uh, do send them to me at women talking bollocks. Dot com. Thank you. <laughs> that's hard. I t- what did I listen? What did I tell you no, about this? I think as an, as, as an end point of, of the show, <laughs> we, we 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 should end on a, a, a cultural corner. Is what we should end on, and then we go. Oh, we've all learned something. Goodbye. I bet you there's a load of parents out there that are like, I, I, yeah, I am sick. And I bet you you will have some people write in some suggestions for recipes. Do you want me to come up with something, Jen? Please do. <laughs> no, Maureen, I definitely do not. <laughs> if anyone suggests sweet corn fritters, you can forget about it, okay? They don't like them. I mean, the amount of times I've said my children don't eat and then someone's gone, have you tried sweet corn fritters? Firstly... Sounds awful. There's, there, well, there's virtually no... It's 100% roughage, okay? So it comes out yeah. the way it goes in. I, I'm just... And also, I don't want to make sweet corn... For, the point is, something else, okay? <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm very grateful to see your faces every week. Let me see what I'm doing here. I'm just rounding up on a high, okay? Trying to make it a positive. This, a positive. <laughs> this WTB podcast has been my saviour and my life raft. And I have very much enjoyed seeing your three faces. I'm saying three if you're wondering why, because I can see our producer Leanne as well. Oh, she's frozen. Look at that. It happened again right at the end. That's quite a good pose that she's frozen at. No, you froze. You froze. No, no, no. I didn't. No, you froze. froze. No, you froze. No, no. You, ha- you, froze. you froze. You froze. It wasn't <laughs> You froze. Three against one. You froze. <laughs> we all froze. That's how we're ending it. Goodbye. Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.